So this has been a fairly busy week for me. Earlier in the week, I was in Seattle, in the Seattle area. I was at a conference with some area, some other pastors around the Northwest, and we were at this meeting. And one of the things that was brought up was it's is abusive leadership, that abusive leadership, as in. There's several church leaders that have been around the country, they've been in the paper, they've been in the press, that have been removed from their position of leadership. And within the church world, or within kind of maybe the world in general, this is kind of a hot topic. Like it makes the headlines, it makes the news. There's several podcasts out there on this subject, and it's something that a lot of denominations are looking at, including this Foursquare, the Foursquare denomination that we belong to. Now, this is the latest hot topic of this of a list of many that we've had over the last few years isn't it that we're facing there's been things like the me too movement there's the blm there is a, like a, this wokeness the lbgqt plus covid was had its own issues christian nationalism and i could probably go on and on and on about things and when i mentioned some of these these movements i, I bet it created some strong emotions in all of you good. I hope it did, because that's what I wanted to do. Because today I'm not going to talk about those things, but what I wanted to do is create this emotion in you to hopefully to realize that like, if I were to address some of these issues today from up here, that would require some boldness on my part. It might even require some boldness on your part to listen to me talk about that. Especially if I'm going to speak boldness, if I'm going to speak in boldness, and I'm going to speak about the words that God says in here about some of those subjects. And this discussion with pastors, it, it led to one of them standing up and saying, at what point do we become so involved in this movement, whatever the latest movement is, that we lose sight of the truth, that we lose sight of God? And at what point do we become involved in this latest social injustice that we lose this boldness for God in whatever issue it is? That we lose our focus on Jesus. That we lose our focus on making disciples, of, of sharing the gospel. That we become fearful of maybe that we're so fearful of becoming, being on the wrong side of a subject or a topic that we just say nothing then maybe we ignore it and just kind of hope it goes away. We might even, as some people start believing, they start actually believing something that's clearly not what God says. It's not what he tells us in this book. That we start believing something that, like we know the Holy Spirit convicts us, and they, we know inside of us that that's not true, but yet we still choose to believe it. That we lose this boldness to speak the truth. Now, is the truth the problem? Is that the problem? Now, many of you know Fred Nelson. Fred Nelson's got this great line that I like. He says, the truth is never the problem. God's truth is not the problem. But it takes boldness to speak the truth sometimes, doesn't it? Sometimes we face people saying things about us. They'll just say things about us if we're trying to speak the truth. Maybe they get angry with us. They get violent with us. They make false accusations to us. And then as we saw last week, they threw Peter and John in jail and they just told him to stop. Stop speaking the truth. 
Stop telling the truth about Jesus. Which, if you remember, Peter and John, they couldn't stop. Do you remember their response? If not, I'm going to give it to you. It'll be on the screen. It says, which is right in God's eyes? To listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Boldness about what about the truth, what they saw, what they heard. They couldn't stop speaking the truth. So we're going to pick up our story where that left off. We're going to look at Acts 4, verses 23 through 31. And we're going to look at boldness more this week, like I said we would. So let's begin looking at verse 23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, they placed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. We can give you another definition of boldness. That, that give you what one I gave you one last week, but we're going to go into a little more details about boldness. But here's the definition of boldness. Boldness is the courage to act or speak fearlessly, despite real or imagined dangers. Now, Peter and John, they had threats made against them. They had real dangers. We sometimes, I think, perceive some danger or make up some dangers of speaking boldly so it makes us scared so we just don't say anything. But boldness, this also could have a definition of having the courage or confidence to approach God, like what I mentioned earlier when we prayed, and to approach other people. Boldness takes courage. Courage to speak the truth. This truth that's revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we're prompted by the Holy Spirit to speak this truth. So does this courage, does this boldness mean that we speak whatever comes to our mind? That we just blurt it out? Doesn't matter what our audience is. Regardless of maybe what the consequences are of, of saying what we need to say. Is boldness always using our words? Do we always have to speak to be bold? Or can we be bold by not speaking? Maybe we can answer some of these questions. Maybe not all of them. So let's look at worldly boldness versus godly boldness. So first, worldly boldness. Worldly boldness. It ignores caution or sensitivity. Not sensitive to the other person. It can be pushy. It can be confrontational. Risky behavior. Like we know that person, don't we? We know that person that just says whatever they, they think. They don't care. They don't care about how you might perceive it. 
they don't care about the sensitivity, like I gotta be sensitive of this. They, they just say it or they just, and, or they're even kind of pushy and they're, 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 they li- enjoy the confrontation. Like I have a friend that he'll just choose either side because he likes to argue. <laughs> and you could say it's boldness, but he's, he is, he's pushy and confrontational. Now, this is a boldness that just kind of throws caution to the wind. There's no discernment. There's no filter, so to speak, to run this through. They, they think it's, it's best for me or others around me. And I'm, I'm doing this so that others maybe will approve of me is why I'm doing, why I'm being bold. So I can get some street cred maybe. I am, am I being bold to make myself look better, maybe to elevate my status? Am I being bold so I can brag about maybe how bold I am? Like this guy on this slide. Is that bold? Or is that just stupid? Is he being bold saying, hey, look, oh, his buddy say, hey, look at me. Look at how bold I am. Look how courageous I am. I'm going to get on this giant rock firework. And that's stupid. But that kind of boldness. Now, this is the kind of boldness that appears to be more, I think, probably about you than anything else. Now, there's godly boldness. Godly boldness is the pursuit of the truth. Works to destroy lies. Works to destroy errors. It speaks what is right regardless of how terrifying such action may be. Because it's scary sometimes to be bold. But godly boldness is motivated by a passion for Christ, not a passion for me. Passion for for Jesus and his truth. It's not self-centered. It requires us to put aside our desires for maybe comfort or popularity. Think what that sounds like. It sounds like humility. So I conclude boldness requires humility. Boldness that I think Paul mentions or he talks about he's saying we pray for this pray for this for me in ephesians 6 19 through 20 it says and pray for me too ask god to give me the right words so that i can boldly explain god's mysterious plan for the good news that this good news is for the jews and the gentiles alike i am in chains now still preaching this message as god's ambassador so pray that i will keep speaking boldly for him as i should so paul was in prison But he was speaking boldly. He was speaking the truth, knowing that there might be worse things to come. But he's desiring to keep speaking the word of God boldly. A boldness that God gives us, that our objective is to obey God. That our objective is to glorify God with that boldness. Not myself. Now I have a question. Imagine that, that I have a question for you. Can you be bold by being passive? Now, to be passive is you maybe hold back a little. You let others act. You just, you keep your mouth quiet and you shut up. You might have to resist this temptation to speak or to fight back, but we just take it. Think of it as this. Is it appropriate to be passive when being passive is submitting to God's will? Jesus was the example of that. When he was arrested, he could have fought back, couldn't he? But instead he was passive. 
submitted to his captors, submitting to his father's will, after being arrested, spit on, mocked, beaten, insulted, falsely accused, he took it. Being passive and demonstrating boldness to be passive when by being passive it was God's will. And it was for the good of another person, wasn't it? It was for the good of all of us. If Jesus wasn't passive and he fought back because the scripture tells us he could have called upon legions of angels to come down and protect him and the disciples when he was arrested. Would God's will have been done? Would this whole idea, this whole means of salvation, salvation for us, I, I, God probably could have figured it out, but he submitted, he was, had boldness to submit to God's will. Jesus submitted to the will of God, submitted to the will of his Father for the good of each one of us. Demonstrating boldness by being passive and being bold to face whatever was ahead of him. Because he knew there was death on a cross, but he knew he was also going to conquer death, that he was going to rise from the dead, and he was going to provide that salvation for all of us. And then the Holy Spirit, as we've been looking at Acts, sending the Holy Spirit to give us the boldness to speak as Peter and John were doing. And what were the results? We've been saying this a lot too. Seeing thousands come to believe. All of us having boldness, this godly boldness, having the Holy Spirit dwell inside of us. And we speak boldly about what we've seen and what we've heard. And we see people believe in Jesus also. Knowing when to be passive and when to speak in boldness. That's kind of the real question, isn't it? How do you find that balance? Well, let me tell you about a guy named Billy Graham. You guys probably know Billy Graham, right? Well, he might be a bit example, I think, that demonstrates this. Billy Graham refused to get involved in politics. He refused to speak politics. You maybe could say he was passive. And I think we wouldn't deny it that Billy Graham would be classified or identified as a conservative Christian, right? But he was passive when it came to politics so that he would always have an invitation to the White House, regardless of who was president. It said he counseled over 12 presidents. That's a lot of presidents. Now, I don't know this for sure, but I can just imagine that Billy Graham demonstrated this passive boldness about politics, not taking a side, kept his mouth shut. But once he had that audience with the president, I bet he demonstrated the boldness that Peter and John had. He shared the gospel message. He shared Jesus. He shared God. He had this godly boldness with these presidents, and he spoke the truth. There's some more about this boldness. When Peter and John were released, the text tells us they went to their own people. We see Peter and John not doing, facing this situation on their own. They had people around them. People that shared the same godly boldness that they had. Demonstrating the, really demonstrating the importance of having community around us. Being bold enough to have others around you and share life with each other like we're doing today in church. This is what we're doing, having this community around us. Now, Aiden 
and I'm probably going to have to make him buy me lunch this week for putting in this kind of shameless plug for him in his small groups. But if you don't have a small group or you don't have people around you, go find him. And he's going to start one on October. We're going to start some small groups, and he's going to start getting people plugged in. Get a community around you. But if you don't have the same community like Peter and John did, share this godly boldness. Share these values. You need to. But it, takes, it actually takes boldness to be willing to even join a group. Be vulnerable with each other. It takes boldness just to step, well, it's going to require you to step out of your comfort zone and invite others into your life. Now, there's something else about this text. The next thing they did, did you notice, pick up on that, they prayed. Boldness can also be having the courage and confidence not only to approach other people, but boldness is having the courage and confidence to approach God. They boldly approached God in prayer. Now, what they prayed for, this is what just blew my mind away, because it's not what I would pray for. They didn't pray for God to remove and destroy the people that were opposing them, destroy the people that were persecuting them, that were bringing harm to them. They prayed for God to help them speak to them with boldness. What kind of prayer is that? When I have someone that does that in my life, tries to harm me, tries to harm my family, tries to say things about me, I pray, God, take them out. Get rid of them. Now, from time to time, like I've mentioned this certain person in town that for some reason it just feels like he just wants to take me out and attacks me and, and, and per, it like comes after me. And I'm going to admit, like, I don't pray, God, give me both. I pray, God, I want to take him out. <laughs> Get rid of him. But now I read that, it's like, I'm being asked to say, no, pray for the boldness to speak. Pray for boldness to speak God's words. So is God asking me to not wish ill upon him now, but to actually have to go talk Jesus to this guy? To have the boldness to obey God, to glorify God. And pray for this guy. Pray for me to have the boldness to speak truth into his life. What kind of madness is that? But that's what this text is telling me. Now, we can pray for God to remove this problem from us. But more often than not, he doesn't, does he? God leaves those people, leaves that problem in place. I think maybe we should recognize instead of praying maybe for God to destroy them, that we should follow this example. Pray for God to give us strength. Pray for him to give us courage. This boldness to speak to them. To speak to them boldly. To speak into the problem. To speak godly with godly boldness. For God to give us the boldness to speak God's words into that situation. And then we see what happened in the text next. Again, we see God showing up. We see God displaying more signs and wonders. It says the place, the meeting shook. And then once again, it tells us the filling of the Holy Spirit. And they spoke of God boldly. So what about you? 
Is this boldness something you want? Is this the kind of boldness you want? Knowing you, you might face some opposition. You might face some persecution. Before you answer that, let me read something to you. Isaiah 55, verses 10 and 11. It says, The rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out. It always produces fruit. I will accomplish all I want to, all, all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. We have words. Our words are like the rain and the snow. We can use them to produce fruit. We have a message, our words. We have this message of the gospel that's life-giving. Eternal. These words of the gospel that you speak with boldness. Boldness that is spoken with love and humility. That you know God will use these words to produce fruit. Words that will impact the world. That's the kind of boldness. The one that produces fruit. That produces people coming to know Jesus. Like what I said earlier. Remember the part of the definition I said earlier. The courage to act or speak fearlessly despite real or imagined dangers. So we're going to have dangers. So do you want godly boldness? Do you want this kind of boldness? In the pastor's meeting, they never said this word boldness. But as we were discuss, discussing these different opinions and, and these beliefs that the world just seems to be bombarding us right now, these latest movements, these latest topics, we concluded that we need this boldness now more than ever, just as much as this early church did. Because the resistance of the truth, the resistance of the people in the world it's very prevalent. It, it's all over in this world right now. Now, they told it, one of the youth pastors was there. And he said a story about how they have youth group. They're in a large city. And parents are not allowing their students, their children to come to youth group because it was at a church. Because it was a church youth group. Just think about that for a little bit. When have you heard you can't, that the church isn't safe? Like they didn't say that and they didn't give a reason? And we could start a whole new conversation with just that. But in that context of boldness, the church is facing this negative thing that's said about them. Parent not wanting to send their children to a church for whatever reason it was. And I said, we're not given that reason. But I'm assuming that it's because the accusations were made against the church. False accusations, probably. Perhaps this might be a time actually even for the church to be, demonstrate maybe passive boldness in this case, like Jesus did face being a, a, arrested. Maybe it's, maybe let God defend himself in that one. We just continue to be humble in love we don't get involved because probably the reasons are politics. That we don't become involved in the politics 
that the parents were using to come up with that conclusion. Maybe this is, might be a time to be more like Billy Graham. Not take a side. But we take God's side. And maybe look for that opportunity to be bold and use our words. But what if we had boldness of instead of even in this situation, praying for God to wipe out those parents, wipe out whatever it is that opposes us, we prayed instead for boldness to speak the words of God. Boldness to speak the truth. But we speak it lovingly. We speak it with humility. But we do speak the words of truth with boldness. Filled with the Holy Spirit, we speak the words of God. Now I want to end today with, with this thought. That this boldness it actually should be a result of, uh, should, of you being a believer. Being a disciple of Jesus. Result of being a Christian. It's almost like it's a qualification. That we need boldness for the work that's been assigned to us. Despite the persecution, despite the ridicule, despite the violence, despite the false things that are being said against us, that we have boldness. Because remember, we're filled with the Holy Spirit also. And we speak the words of God. So why? Why would I say boldness is a requirement of being a disciple? So that we, just as the people of Acts, as we've seen in Acts so far, that we'll, we will boldly speak the words of God, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and that we see what the people in Acts are seeing, that we see God adding to the number daily those that were being saved. Let's pray. Lord, I just pray for boldness for every single one of us in this room. Boldness is, it can be scary at times. It can be something that we're going to face opposition, and we're going to face opposition that, that appears to, to hate you, to hate us. But Lord, I, I pray that we have this boldness that we can be humble, that we can be loving, that we can say the words when we need to say them, but we can be sensitive we can discern when's appropriate, when's not appropriate. That we, we, we are able to speak boldly in such a way that we are obeying God, but we're, we're fulfilling your desire to see people saved. That we don't speak boldly to, for our own reasons of, of so we look better or to show our knowledge of God or to show whatever. That we speak boldly so that we're speaking boldly so that people will be saved, that people will see you. They'll, they'll put their faith in you. So, Lord, I just pray for us to, to, to just have that balance of, of boldness. Like the example of Billy Graham, knowing when to be passive and knowing when to be bold. So I, I, I just pray for all of that in, in this room. And... You know, the first act of boldness might be for someone to step up and say, Jesus, I'm going to invite you into my life. Jesus, I'm going to, I'm going to commit my life to you. I want to be one of these believers that we've been talking about. 
that I want this new life. I want this forgiveness of sins. That I want this thing that this guy's been talking about, the Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit to give me strength to help me to speak boldly. So if you want to say yes to Jesus and you want to you want to begin this new life, if you want to just look up at me and maybe raise your hand and say, yes, I'm, Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm believing in you. I'm putting my faith in you. I'm now your son or daughter. Lord, I just, I just pray again for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit and have this boldness that comes from the, that comes from you. It comes from the Holy Spirit, not a boldness that comes from our own desires. Not like that guy on the rocket. Lord, let us, let us just be filled with the Holy Spirit and have this boldness so that we will see like they saw in Acts. We'll see people come to believe. We'll be seeing people being called sons and daughters. In your name we pray. Amen.